Welcome back to another episode of Black Fly on the Wall. We have an amazing conversation centered around, is our culture worth saving? And I think this is a loaded question. I know it is. Um, but I think it's a critical question to ask um, as it pertains to how we view culture and how we assess our culture, how we look at culture and say, hmm, is our culture where I want it to be? Has it ever been where you wanted it to be? And when it was where you wanted it to be, what type of things were happening within our culture that we need to replicate and duplicate now? Um, so on the show, I got my boy Jamal, Ms. Cynthia, and Davril here with me to have this amazing conversation. Cynthia, how would you define culture? Um, I would say culture is just a way of living that, you know, has been passed down from generation to generation. It can include everything. It can include arts. It can include um, fashion. It can include um, the certain ways that you do, you know, different things in your life that your family, you know, traditions, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So it's just how how is that passed down from generation to generation? Jamal, like, taking it a step further, like looking at how the, the, the path that our culture is on now, how would you say by experiencing our culture on a daily basis, how would you define black culture? Uh, for me, black culture is trends, it's love, it's family, it's, uh, like Cynthia said, fashion, music, arts. It's a, it's, a, it's a platform for people to perform and showcase and shed light on, once again, like Cynthia said, on our history, on uh, our tradition. So mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes we do drop the ball um, in terms of our, our, the lack of or the ignorance in our own history and what we really come from. But sometimes we do shed a a beautiful light, but I don't think we leverage our own culture. Mm -hmm. I think other cultures leverage our culture against us for their own, um, for their own sake. And right now, what, what, what would you say the main entity of our culture or one of the biggest pillars of our culture is right now? What do you mean by entity? Like, so if we look at culture as a company, Mm -hmm. what division or what department of that company is the most popping in our culture right now? Arts and entertainment, in my opinion. Yep. yep. And arts and entertainment could be sports, music, live, uh, well, that's kind of live shows, but help me out, somebody. I would um, say music is the forefront of culture. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Definitely. 100%. Because, because music is so powerful because of the vibrations that it puts mm-hmm. off. That's why it's the forefront of our culture, and it has always has been the forefront of many cultures. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that the way we do it and the way we put it in the pot is essential to how people perceive mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Like you get on TikTok, you see other cultures mimicking our culture mm-hmm. and profiting off of our culture. Right, mm-hmm. right. TikTok had a major issue with, you know, individuals of other cultures making getting more reels and more shares mm-hmm. and making more money mm-hmm. off of videos that are not related to their culture. Yeah. So would you say that music and entertainment is providing a positive uh, outlook on our culture, Devra? Um, not at the present moment. I promise I was just thinking about this this week. Um, and he lied. Because <laughs> <He lied. laughs> I, I was just talking to, uh, you know, Jamal in the back about, you know, a lot of folks may have heard of Charleston White. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. I say he's the villain that we didn't know we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, this man is, I mean, he's telling what we already know, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's the guy that does the interviews with Vlad and all that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bro, he be talking. He's telling the truth. Sadly. And, he be talking. And, Sadly. Because so, what, we, what we're seeing is the, the the very music that 
you know, these young brothers are talking about when they first get out. Okay, we vibe with it. Okay, we understand. But once they get their bread up, they're still in that culture, and we're not progressing and moving forward. Mm -hmm. So instead of spending money, of course, they've helped people along the way, mm -hmm. but now that money's got to be used for their defense to try mm -hmm. to stay up out of jail. But at the same time, those lyrics are having... Sorry, I'm about to say Cats are getting killed, culture. you know what I'm saying? Right. Niggas getting killed, all right, you know go. what I'm saying? Um, niggas going to jail. It's mm -hmm. the same path, you know, and this music is replicating that life um, for that sector of people. Now, we understand as entertainment, we ain't going to rob nobody. We ain't going to send no drugs. We ain't do nothing crazy like that, but we understand the purpose of it. And, and But you know what? I, mm -hmm. And I question that because I wonder if we do, we really understand, like, the power of music. And I think that as we age and mature in the lane and the level that we're on, we understand. But do these young kids That's the thing that I'm don't saying. have a father they in don't. the home, they don't understand. that don't have leadership and yeah. guidance, do they truly understand the consequences of going out and replicating the behaviors of rap music? I'm going to pose a quick question and something that I agree but also strongly disagree with. Do y'all believe in collective action? Hmm. Amazing sit, question. Sit, sit with it and, and, and ponder on this. I don't because I think we first have to do all the individual work to get to collective action. But I do. I think a I lot of us won't even, whether it's crack open a book or ask a question to mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. the backstory to make a new story or right. his story mm -hmm. or, right. you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's like, my opinion is the true quote unquote solution is individual you do work. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can, I can echo that because we would, that's the same conversation we was having earlier about, um, therapy. Mm hmm is that it's more powerful whenever individuals go to therapy mm -hmm. separately and then come together after they already healed versus going to therapy together and trying to hash out personal problems right. in a group session. Right. The group session is essentially for you and that person, you all as a unit, not for you to finally unpack your personal issues. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when you do things as a group, it's easy to be the person in the group project that don't do nothing and get all go. the credit. But it's like how sustainable is that like I'm a big I'm a big a big facet of my life is sustainability. How can something transcend over time? And so it's it's hard to question like hmm. Collectively, I see your perspective on that. Is it is it healthy to for us to push forward the culture in a positive way, mm -hmm. as a collective? At times, no. But also, I'm a big proponent of unified consciousness. Mm -hmm. So the individuals that are are that are on the same wavelength. That means they're on the same wavelength for a reason, and they're unified in the way that they think. And then we can then go out and push the push the agenda in the right way because we're all bought in Agreed. in that particular thing. Yeah. Agreed. You know, because somebody has to push the agenda. Mm -hmm. I think that the reason why I'm in the field that I'm in is because storytelling matters. You know, how do you become aware of things? You don't know what you don't know, and so for so long, our stories have been gatekept. Yes, like we haven't had the access to tell our own stories or to tell them in the way that, you know, we should. Absolutely. And so at, at the end of the day, like, you're going to need to unify in some way and you're going to have to have people that hold the torch and, and open those doors yeah. mm -hmm. to start that collective action to make sure, to sound the alarm, like, hey, this music hasn't been great. Or, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, we need to have a more positive outlook so that it trickles down for other generations. We need to take ownership of our own stories and do it in the right way so that more people are aware of the proper things in the right things to do. Right. And I believe that each generation has to assess themselves and say, did I do everything I needed to do to pass the torch down to the next one? Mm -hmm. Because right now, a lot of times, what happens is, when the OGs leave the neighborhood, the kids are running wild and free and they're mm -hmm. figuring it out on their own. Mm -hmm. And that happens out a lot. That happens a lot 
in the music in the music business. Mm-hmm. And like in the music business, it just runs rampant, and then they, whatever gets trendy, that becomes a new it. wave. Yeah. Versus how the Jay Zs, the Rakims, the Big Daddy Kanes, mm-hmm. the all these individuals that were wordsmiths with their craft and that can spit phrases and bars and, and have you think about reading books or managing money and all these without even initiating conversations about drip killing mm-hmm. or dealing drugs. It's like, hmm, how can how can the OGs also pull back the reins on our culture and push it in the right direction? Yeah. Because they are the foundations and the pillars of that. So this is my, not issue with that, but issue with our culture, is that for every Jay-Z, there are a thousand little pumps. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So it's like we working, it's like push and pull, but it's more push. And that's push us away from what matters, a standard, a certain level of, really just a standard. Like, I feel like it's no real... Uh, accountability or responsibility. I, th- I feel like as you grow older and more mature and you have uh, a certain level of whatever it may be, Jay-Z, um, of course he does his part, mm-hmm. um, clearly. The nauseous. Exactly. But mm-hmm. it's like, for, it's, it's people up, it's like, I look at it like it's levels. You got local. I look at, we got local. Mm-hmm. We got what? State. Mm-hmm. It's Then the national. And I look at music like that in the same way. So it's like, all right, cool. Um, What's your role? What's your role and what's your role? All right, cool. But what can you do right now, right here within this community that you have access to or that you've built Absolutely. that you can continue to help push the next level and then the next level? My mom level. always said, take care of your home first. Exactly. You yeah. try to go help somebody take I'm care not going to go take care of this woman when my wife or my girl or my mom are down bad. Right. It makes no sense. I'm working ass backwards. Right. So right. it's like me going to take care of the Caucasian or white community, whatever you want to call them. And I got three kids that it, it clearly while well, I got this hat on investing you've got three kids down the street in my neighborhood that I grew up in that don't need, have a father sh- that need shoes right they need shoes that's... like come on not like mm-hmm. your mom or your dad can't give you these shoes but I'm good I got 50 pair in the back it's lightly worn or brand new that I can give you mm-hmm. but I'm over here asking you you and you to do what we can go do five houses down exactly. for the person right next door to me Black, exactly, exactly. Could, I, could ask a question oh, yeah, as far as you know, you're, you're a recording artist um, so you know, of course, like you said, you have the one Jay-Z, you have a thousand little pumps. Mm-hmm. And the thousand little pumps gonna get that voice because their record label yeah. has enough money to give them mm-hmm. to raise up their records or whatever, you know, so they can be heard. Mm-hmm. So in your eyes as a recording artist, how hard would it be or you know, how could we as a people come together to build up a record label, use the process they use, but to garner our own successes? Like you said earlier, our culture, we get bought out. And then we get exploited. So how do we, on this side, build something up so we can get those thousand little pumps, but we can have them help uh, create a good message? Collective ownership and people like Cynthia. Mm -hmm. You infiltrate, you educate, you evacuate. You get in, you learn what you need to learn from these major corporations, and you get out and bring it back to the hood. The, the, The book, The Creep That Sat Next to the Door, have you read that? I, y'all know he I got into the system he infiltrated oh, and then yeah, he started yeah. his own regime gotcha. and took it over just like Same just thing. like the guy mm-hmm. just like the guy that um infiltrated the black man that infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan mm-hmm. he was so fair skinned that he was able to to yeah. per, to pose as a white man but he went in there and learned about what they were doing their culture mm-hmm. and and was able to take down the clan that was in his area mm-hmm. and so I I I love that I love that 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 method because it's a, it's actionable yeah. It's something that you can actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times, um, a lot of times, it's scary for us in our culture to go out on the whim to go, try to go out on our own and create our own thing because the system is so comfortable. You get a paycheck every two weeks. 
you get your 401k plan, Man. you get your match, mm-hmm. you know, so you get your health insurance, mm-hmm. you get all that stuff. Going out on your own, you don't particularly get those things. Um, and so nor do you have the confidence that you were trained or should have been trained to have as a child to go out and do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a lot more challenging to 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 do that. Cynthia, I was going to ask you, do you feel like how, the current state of our culture is an impediment to our overall growth globally? So blacks mm-hmm. and Africans from all diasporas, from Nigeria to Ghana to Dominican to the Caribbean to America, do you feel like the state of where our, our culture is now is an impediment to our overall progress as a, as a people? A little bit. Um, I would say it's a twofold question because it goes back and forth. I think that how the world views Africa is a direct reflection on, you know, the black experience. And I think that, you know, black Americans, we get the media coverage, you know, that I feel like we should give Africa a little bit more of. Mm-hmm. But we get that media coverage and it's, sometimes it's provocative. Like it's um, the George Floyds. It's people getting shot and killed. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the negative side of things that goes out over a global scale. And it affect, it does affect how people Absolutely. view Absolutely. Um, the black because you're downloading that, of, of course. And so, and so and that's why I, that's why I'm almost empathetic. You know, the, the media is the is the pacifier mm-hmm. to how perceptions and how things are valued and how things are are are, are valued within our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, what people consistently see is what they see in you. So if they consistently see young black men committing homicides, home invasions, mm-hmm. all of that, those type of things in your area, even mm-hmm. you as a black person right. have to check yourself mm-hmm. and you start feeling that yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Right. Even myself, man, like I had like an emotional experience a couple of weeks ago, just about I'm walking down, I'm walking down the hallways in my hospital and I'm seeing all these young black men in here over the um, 4th of July weekend in here with gunshot wounds, several rooms back to back to back. You know, and I just had an emotional experience and my barber told me he was like, the reason why you're having an emotional experience is because you're attached to that. Like you attached to your culture, like you actually mm-hmm. care about your culture, where it's at and where it's going. So it's natural to have that type of emotional um, feeling. And I'm like, man, it's like that's why I, that's why I love this platform that we have is because we I'm consistently trying mm-hmm. to paint African Americans in a in a in a positive light. Yeah, right. I'm consistently trying to see like, okay, African American men can have intelligent, high level conversations. Mm-hmm. They can they can have and speak without saying mm, every two seconds. They can they can. Uh, they can eloquently um, articulate themselves to be able to uh, to say something that they mean or how they feel. And so I believe that it's highly important for us to continue to um, to push this culture. I believe we have a, a, a we have an unsturdy foundation within our culture is because we don't know where we came from. Okay. We don't know our history. So yeah. how can you go somewhere if you don't know if you don't yeah. know where you came from? Yeah. And so like when it goes back to 200,000, 300,000 years, like most kids, most black kids nowadays in school, they're taught that their their genesis is slavery. So if you look at your genesis as a lower human being mm-hmm. or not even a half of human being, mm-hmm. how does that how does that resonate with how you value yourself as an individual? I just want to say this too. Like how can you oh, be sorry. a king and a queen? I'm of, sorry, I'm sorry. Of, of, a, of, a little, of a little child, you know? Um, just even in recent history, though, you have to realize this is a part of history that's not really taught, is that after slavery, black people, we had all the skills. Yep. We had all the skills, so we sustained ourselves and our mm-hmm. communities by our own hands. Yep. But then when we let that get bought out yep. by either a company or how we let that happen, the point I'm trying to make is that Today in 2022, 
our net worth as a people is the same as it was in 1960. Wow. Because the family got broken up. Yep. Mm. When the family got broken up, now the community is broken. Yes. Now that's why we have so much combative energy between men and women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we talk masculine energy, feminine energy, right? And our songs, we talking crazy. It comes from a, it <laughs> it comes comes from from a legitimate broken, place. Right? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so we have to bring that family, do your, own, do your work. Bring the family together. Yes. Bring the community together. That is something that you bring can individually city, do. You see what I'm saying? Bring the city together. You know what I mean? And so you all in any culture, you can have people outliers. You're mm-hmm. gonna have that, right? Mm-hmm. But that foundation has got to be brought back together. And I'm just saying, from a historical point, we have the tools necessary inside of us to bring it together. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even looking at it, like, you know, you have so many uh small kids, you know, black and you know, African American young boys and girls is that has that give themselves negative affirmations. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not good at math. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not good in reading. Mm-hmm. I can't read that well. Mm-hmm. How can't you read well? And your ancestors created linguistics. <laughs> your ancestors created arithmetic. Your ancestors created geometry, sacred geometry. They understood they could read the stars. Two hundred thousand years ago, did you know that? Most kids will say no. They believe that the genesis of their being started off in slavery. Mm-hmm. What if I told you that? We built the pyramids. What if I told you that um, that we we created language? You know, the ability to speak, the ability to speak to people who don't do that does not speak the same language as you. We created all of those diasporas, and I believe that once we get back to teaching that critical information mm-hmm. on where children comes from, that will shift their entire psyche, and then then we will see the culture. You know what forward. I realized, Aaron? I went back to. Nigeria as an adult for the first time maybe seven years ago before Afrobeats had really taken off, before all of that. And I'm driving around Lagos, Nigeria, and I'm seeing all these beautiful buildings. I'm seeing a beach. I'm seeing this sea of black people that are just beautiful and working hard and the aesthetic of it. I can't even describe it. And I'm thinking to myself, my friends don't even know this exists. This was before, like, social media stories and things of that nature. That's how Wakanda. Yeah. I'm like, they don't even know this exists. I said... I'm going to make stories about this. I'm going to make the next time I come out, I'm doing a documentary, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, that's been written out. Absolutely. Something along the, and it struck me as like, somebody doesn't want us to know how beautiful we are. Yes. Like mm-hmm. somebody does not there, want there, us to there know. Is a, there is an actual plan and agenda. A hundred percent. To limit the positive reflection of Africans and African Americans within our culture. Mm-hmm. There, there is an actual agenda and we have to recognize that and we have to understand why. And I believe that once we understand why, and thank you for doing what you did, mm-hmm. and you did an amazing job on that, um, and congratulations on your uh, award. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about your documentary and the experience of that. Yeah, so after that experience, um, about three years later, I created a documentary called Bad Africa, just talking about like the misconceptions of Africa. And I would ask people, this was before, a little bit before like Netflix started becoming global, I would ask people, I even asked my father, who is a Nigerian immigrant, came over about 30 years. I said, Dad, growing up, or like when you came over, were there any positive images of Africa on television? Like, did you ever see anything positive growing up in your 50 years? And he was like, no, baby, I didn't. Wow. Um, and it's like, it's intentional. Mm-hmm. What? And I, and I went, I did a man on the street interview style in New York. I would ask everybody who looked like me or you, like, have y'all, besides Netflix, had, had y'all seen anything beautiful about Nigeria or Africa or anything of that nature before Black Panther or anything like that. Nobody could answer that. Mm-hmm. It's intentional. The reason why you don't even, you think it's just kids with flies on their face. You think it's huts. The reason why you'll travel to Europe or you'll travel to 
this other place before you even step foot in the motherland is because you wow. probably don't think it's beautiful. Wow. But I'm going over there. I'm seeing Bentleys and Rolls Royces, buildings and oceans. And I'm like, nobody knows this wow. exists. That is intentional. Wow. So it's like when I did the documentary, I just kind of covered. I went to Ghana, Ivory Coast. I went to Nigeria. I kind of just, you know, showed people what it's like because... Nobody else is telling our story. Nobody else is. The only story that they want to tell is the negative story. And that psyche in your psyche impacts you. Absolutely. And how you view yourself. It does. As a black person. It does. And, and, you know, I think even to take it a step further, um, I believe that uh, religion is a barrier to how or how we do not see ourselves within our culture. I believe that we must consistently assess and push our religious leaders, whether it's the nation of Islam, whether it's Christianity, whether we have brothers and sisters in Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever it may be. I believe that there has to be accountability within the spiritual systems because they're the individuals that get the message to the people. Mm-hmm. So our people are heavy, heavy, heavy spiritual people. That's the genesis of us. That's our core. If you were the first, we are the first in the original being. And so we have an essential connection with unified consciousness with God, with spirituality, with the universe, however you relate that in your personal experience. And I think it's essential for us as spiritual beings to push the spiritual message so that individuals can resonate with the message, right? I think that's what religion does. It creates an atmosphere where people can resonate with the message that they want to hear and that they want to receive. And so I want to, I wanted to ask is like religion and culture, how do those things mix and what areas of improvement can we improve in? Um, my two cents. Um, I struggle with it because I know we all heard the quote or people say, no, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. So it's like twofold to that as well. It's just like, for one, I, and I even go back to how we identify. It's like we identify as black. How? Mm-hmm. Not a color. Black is not a is not a race or ethnic group. It's a color, literally. I'm African. Right. The end. Like, I don't, I don't really understand that, but... I don't know. I, even for myself, I, I had to. I had to. Uh, y'all familiar with Derek Grace? Yes. Yeah. All right. So he, yes. one of his biggest things he always preaches is unlearn and relearn. Yeah. So like I'm in that phase right now. So certain things I don't really want to go too deep into because I'm still learning. I don't want to just be blurting stuff out, right. and make it sound cool, and right. make it sound okay. It's like right. nah, I'm I'm still learning. Absolutely. I'm, I'm unlearning right now. I'm in my unlearning. And that's phase gonna be a forever be, process. Exactly. So I don't know. For me, it's just like let's just let's start with the the one thing we. How do you identify? Mm-hmm. That's a big thing right now. And I, and I think that's, that's what I was um, kind of mentioning before, Dav. Mm-hmm. On, on, a lot of times we have to make it spiritual. We have to resonate with the universe. And whenever you have to identify as simply I am, mm-hmm. a go. lot of times it's tough to do that because mm-hmm. we have so much pride yeah. as being a black man, a mm-hmm. black woman. Black, that is right. the foundation to how we operate on mm-hmm. a daily basis, mm-hmm. how we get up, our swag, our, our, our ego, our mm-hmm. pride, how we walk mm-hmm. into the workplace, how we carry yeah. ourselves, the clothes we put on, the music we listen to, yeah. how we do our hair. Everything is related to us being a black man or a black woman. Mm-hmm. But in the spiritual realm of things, you just are. Just are. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. just are. Yeah. And whenever you retrain the mind, you Dig up the the, the the unsturdy and the toxic foundation mm-hmm. of all of these labels and attachments, mm-hmm. and you actually just look at yourself as I am. It paints a completely different perspective mm-hmm. of reality for yeah. you, yeah. and um, and I think that is an essential key, and I think that is a foundational tool, and I think that is something that we all can look up and say, look at, and say, hmm, 
how do I correlate or how do I look at myself? Mm -hmm. Do I only relate and look at myself as a black woman? Do I only look at myself and look and correlate as a black man? Mm -hmm. And once I detach myself from that, I'm, I'm that. That's already been established. I've been living that way my whole life. Mm -hmm. But how can I now move forward as a human being and say, I want to do human being work right. yeah. and include my culture within that yeah. as a priority? Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. And that's, and that's, the, that's the thing, even though I'm involved in my church as well, you know, that's one thing that I uh, convey to the youth I talk to is, yeah, racism, racism is real, but you serve a God that's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. You realize when the, when, the, when the kings in the Bible, when they would, when they would win a war or a battle, they would cut a piece of the the defeated king's robe and attach it to theirs, right? Mm -hmm. And it would get longer and longer the more battles they won, mm -hmm. right? And we know that the Bible says that the um, we see the Lord highlighted up and his train fills the temple with glory, mm -hmm. right? What we're saying is that Jesus, that when we're saying, and his train is full of everything he has defeated, racism, discrimination, slavery, uh, death, Mm -hmm. pain, everything you have gone through, mm -hmm. we're saying we have this man here who has defeated it and look at the train of his rope, it's filled the temple with glory. His light is shining. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so when you, when you attach yourself to him and understand that he's inside of you and that he's the one who created you, that these issues, like you're saying, I am who? I am a child of God. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm black, but mm -hmm. first, mm -hmm. that's where I came from. You see what I'm saying? So we connect with that every day. And I think one of the questions we're going to talk about was like, meditating or whatever yes. that's the point of it yes. in the daytime in the morning before you get busy before you get to moving you take that time you calm yourself from mm -hmm. whatever your troubles are mm -hmm. whatever your issues are you take that time to still away and focus in on who you are so now you can take on that day and win that day I, I love that um i do have a question though because we do talk about racism and some people may say well this is the reason why we're hindered or this is the reason why, like, when we go and say, hey, you know, white people, we feel like you're treating us a certain type of way. We don't like it. Da, 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 da. What do we want them to do? And then my other question is, um, do you feel as if we use it as an excuse or do you feel it is our right to say to, to wave the flag on racism? I don't I don't see that. It's a, I don't see that it's an excuse, mm -hmm. because if I say that it's an excuse that completely dismisses what all of our immediate ancestors over the last 30, 40, 50 years went through mm -hmm. with the civil rights um, movement, um, the racism that they experienced post Jim Crow. Um, and they actually experienced real racism. Mm -hmm. They actually was walking home and seeing young boys hung for being black. Like those are realistic experiences. And I think I don't want to say that that is an excuse, but I want to say that our our grandparents and great-grandparents went through that. They went through that for you. You don't have to no longer wear that. If you really sit down and talk to your elders, they want you to move forward. They don't want you to harp on what happened to them or what happened to their grandparents. They want you to know the stories. They want you to learn from the stories, but they want you to apply it and move forward. So I think that we use that once we get to that level of, the, of consciousness. We do use that as an excuse because we have to understand that we're all gods and goddesses. We have every single tool that that we can use to apply to achieve and get to the next level in life that we need to get to. Once we get that, once we dig deep and we learn about the powers that be, applying principles, universal laws, 
whatever your religion is, whatever your religion says that you should or should not be doing. Once you apply those things to your life, you will see that you have the power and you're the one in control. No matter what's going on outside the bubble. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, like I tell my fiance, like I put myself in a bubble. Like I put myself in an energy bubble. When I travel, I don't worry about getting sick because I understand that I affirm to myself that I have supreme health and well-being. I command it and that's what it is. Even no, no matter what's going on in the world with monkeypox and COVID and all right. these other things, I can I affirm right. and I command that I have supreme health and well-being. Mm -hmm. So what I, nothing opposite of what I'm saying can happen to me. And so I believe that knowing that whenever you have that type of power, when kids are taught that type of power, imagine if you was taught that as a three-year-old, a two-year-old, where that you would second, be at 25, 30 years nature. old. If we took all the children, all the black kids in the world and put them in a room, and really taught them universal principles and, and, and financial skills and communication skills and how to interact mm -hmm. with people from other cultures yeah. and uh, being kind and, being, and, and, and making sure that you uh, live your life in peace. Imagine what the world would be. I love that mainly because um, just think about as a parent. I'm not a parent, let's be clear. At, yet, anyway. Not yet. <laughs> but just think about it's like I'm going to have that real full circle moment as a parent when, I, when my kids ask me, but daddy, why does boom, 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 boom? And it's like based on universal law and principle. It's like, Absolutely. damn, I've only taught my son to mm -hmm. operate on my daughter to operate in this on that way. Frequency. It's like you don't even understand this. So, but yeah, you're gonna be creating the whole. You're gonna be creating a whole another uh, level of being of consciousness. Yeah, right. And I and I think that uh, I think that that is essential and key. That's why I always say, like, is our culture worth saving? Or do we need a new foundation? And so can we save what's in the house, but apply a new foundation? Imagine lifting the house up off the foundation, rebuilding the foundation of positivity and putting the same house back mm -hmm. on it. And how that new foundation may bring new energy, new mm -hmm. ideas, new concepts, new positive, positive ways of putting out the music that you want to put out, mm -hmm. but making it be in a positive way. So it's like, does our culture need is our culture worth saving or do we need a new foundation? Like I often question that on a consistent basis. Every time I, I walk into the hospital, every time I turn, I get on Instagram and something from the shade room, something crazy mm -hmm. pop up. Mm -hmm. It's like, damn, what you consistently see is like, okay, that is what goes into your subconscious. So I have to oftentimes put in the work to, all right, I just saw something yeah. crazy. Let me go on Earn Your yeah. Leisure page and see what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me go to the Pivot. Let me go to I Am Athlete. Mm -hmm. Let me go to all these uh, platforms that put out positive images of black people and say, and then I'm like, okay, we got it in us to be great. Yeah. Um, and so I believe that um, we have to continue to redefine culture. We have to continue to affect, like you were saying, like apply those lessons at home. Mm -hmm. So if you got little cousins, you have uh, nieces, nephews, mm -hmm. it's important that you sit them down on the step and teach them about the things that you now know that can push your, your culture to the next level. Mm -hmm. I think like what you were saying, like the things that you've done, painting Africa in a positive light and showing the world that Africa is this beautiful, gorgeous country. You should continent. come here. Continent. I'm sorry. And I know better. So it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful continent. You mentioned Nigeria. Um, and uh, it's a beautiful continent that has amazing countries in it. You should travel and spend your money here. Right. And it's like, Dav, like you were saying with your church and you, you passing on those messages to the little kids and teaching them analogies that they can apply to their lives mm -hmm. and understand at their level of psyche. So I believe that this conversation definitely needs a part two. Um, it's a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, is our culture worth saving? Mm-hmm. I think even after having this amazing conversation, like I'm still resonating with the topic and the conversation. Like, wow, like this is something I have to continue to ponder and meditate on and, and get grounded on. Mm-hmm. Right, culture. So I think Thanks. even after even after having this conversation, I need to go back and look what culture is. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 yeah, I do, I do too. And like, dang, yeah. I need to go yeah. look up a new definition. So oh, good. is our culture worth saving? It's a good one. Let's get it. Get it. this i like this no i love this the feeling i'm lovesick can't help this so selfish you make me weak oh yeah any day of the week oh yeah heartbeat on repeat oh yeah goes on and on and on and on you make me weak oh yeah any day of the week oh yeah